The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, which is active until the Eagles or the Giants lose their next game. And also, make sure to enter our World Series Prop Contest. The winner gets $200 cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. You can enter exclusively today on the SGPN app. Hi, y'all. DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network episode 232. We will. We haven't sent it out to an event yet. We'll send it uh, for a while. I mean, send it out to UFC 232. John Jones knocked out Alexander Gustafsson. John Jones used to be a fighter for those uh, people new <laughs> to this sport. Amanda Nunes beat, knocked out Chris Cyborg. A very memorable event. Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, TKO Chad Mendez. We have Ar- Andrea Lasky on this card, who is also fighting this week. Um, Piotr Yan fought on the card. So a lot of names that are still around. This was this took place December 29th, 2018. So this goes out to UFC 232 and everyone that was on the card. Thanks for coming to the show. I am Jeff Chalks Fox, one of your hosts. Uh, this episode is all about the main card portion of this week's UFC Fight Night. Cater versus Allen, aka UFC Vegas 63. If you're looking for the six prelim fight picks, which we, myself and my co-host, did differ on quite a bit. Make sure you go back in episode 231 and listen to that. We got some big dogs on that episode too that you may want to get in on. So if you haven't listened already, make sure you do. And also, I haven't said it for a while, make sure you subscribe to the SG uh, Sports Gambling Podcast, MMA Gambling Podcast feed. So if you're listening to us on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, uh, switch over to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. It would help us out. And give us a, a uh, review. We haven't had uh, any fun reviews to read for a while. If you give us a funny review, I will read it on the air. Um, that is my promise to you. All right, let's bring our my co-host, the Gumby God, Daniel Vreeland, and we'll get cracking to break down this five-fight main card. Hey, Hello. so so uh, what? Where do you, without looking, close yes. all your tabs? Uh, where where do you think UFC 232 took place? I already saw it. It was the uh, forum, was it not? Yeah. Do you remember why? December 29th, the forum. No. You should remember why, because the reason why it took place there was because it couldn't happen in Vegas. This is the pulsing of it. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I I was thinking, I was uh, remembering that because I saw Walt Harris was on it too. And he, I think he was having an issue with uh, having it be uh, flown around and stuff. So yes. Uh, fun times back when they were willing to do things for John Jones. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way anymore, does it? No, it does. Oh, he's coming back. I, sure. Every day I have to read sure stories about him saying things, and he's fighting Stipe. Like, just how about we just stop talking about the guy? It's, yeah. Most, most people fight? have stopped. Most people have stopped That's talking true. about him. Yeah. And and uh, while we're on it, can we get Conor McGregor out of the rankings, Dan? You're part of the rankings committee. Why is he ranked? So I will tell you, and, and I actually recently got heat on this on a, uh, I, I saw a Jack Slack post, you know, the, yep. the, that guy Jack Slack, he likes to put a lot of heat on people, despite <laughs> the fact that he's like one of those accounts that hides his face and name. Um, Cause I don't think Jack Slack's his actual name. You don't think? <laughs> I know. For some reason I don't think. 
Uh, but he, somebody had like put a post out hating on the people who do the rankings, which I, I'm one of. And I saw that they were like, it must be that top turtle MMA who keeps oh, ranking no. him at, at 12 or 13. He's been out of my rankings for months, like months. Should be more uh, than months. Yeah, it should be more than months. But here's the thing, like when you're doing the rankings, first of all, it just saves your old rankings. And I go in to change them and I'm like, I don't know. Last week, was it long enough that his inactivity took him out of the rankings? Is this week enough? You know, like you look at it week to week and it never feels like a big jump. Like how long has Tony Ferguson been out? Okay. Well, he's been out this long because he had a big get layoff too. Do I drop him one spot every single week until he's out? Do I drop him one spot every single month till he's out? Do I just wait until I'm like, okay, he's been out eight months and take him all the way out. So I, I took Connor out. Maybe it was a full year ago or something like that, but like, I took him out when I had a good person to put in his place. Um, probably like a Jalen Turner type, like when that dude started cracking the rankings and stuff like that. But like, he's been out for a while. So like unnecessary hate, I kind of wish they just like publicized our rankings. Like they used to like back in the day, you used to like be able to yeah. search by ranking panelist member and see the individual rankings. I'd actually prefer that because people hate on the rankings a lot. And I like to think mine are pretty normal looking. And yeah, like sometimes the rankings have like wacky things happen to them or there's somebody who has like a weird number and it skews all the data. But like, I like to think mine are pretty good. So is that what your wife tells you? It's it's, it's normal looking. It's OK. <laughs> well, she, well played. Yeah, she re- reassures you. It's normal. She, looking. she tells me it's fine. <laughs> Everybody's fine. got a mole like that. It's true. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, he, he hasn't won a fight since January of 2020. That was against Donald Cerrone. So just saying this isn't a Conor McGregor podcast, but. I just thought I'd bring that up. So um, this is a UFC Vegas 63, aka UFC Fight Night. Cater versus Allen um, podcast is what it is. So we've got five fights to break down. I think it's a 7 p.m. start time. All the fights from prelims onwards are on ESPN Plus starting at 4 p.m. And they're all going down from the UFC Apex in Enterprise, Nevada. Um, and it's all going down this Saturday night as per usual slash afternoon depending on what part of the world you live in actually I'm gonna, before we jump into the card it's easier if i tell you about WinBet right off the top in case you haven't signed up yet and you're thinking of joining WinBet, now's the best time bet a hundred dollars get a hundred dollar free bet plus if you want to join the WinBet biggest winners club whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds wise gets a thousand dollar free bet on top of whatever they want off off their normal bet so WinBet is truly hashtag digens only Plus, use WinBet's Build Your Own Bet to build some amazing same game parlays. So, so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. You claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And the Sports Gambling Podcast, that's us, is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. The contest is completely free to answer. Here's what you got to do to get in. Subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. Turn your notifications on so you don't miss SGP contacting you when they pull the winner. Simple as that. If that's not good enough for you, how about we give you away some money for the World Series as well? Be sure to enter our World Series prop contest. Winner gets $200 cash and $200 SGPN gift cards. You buy your MMA gambling podcast gear. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. All right. 
We're going to start off the main card portion with light heavyweights, Dustin Jacoby versus Khalil Browntree Jr., the warhorse Khalil Browntree Jr., 10 and 5 of one no contest. He's got seven knockouts on his resume. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once, 6 and 5 with one no contest in the UFC. He's won two straight fights via knock at TKO. He went 2 and 1 on the Ultimate Fighter, used to fight at middleweight. He's two years younger than Jacoby. He's been outstruck by minus 0.21 strikes per minute in the UFC, so barely, but he has been outstruck a little bit. Plus 135, the number on him. The Hanyak, Jacoby. We've talked about that nickname too many times. If you want to know what it means, just go back and find us talking about it. Uh, he's 18, 5 and 1, 11 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 6, 2 and 1 in the UFC over two stints, but his first stint, he went 0 and 2. So this, since he's been re signed, he's gone 6, 0 and 1. He's won four straight fights, last one via knockout. He's gone 8, 0 and 1 over his last nine. He's not lost a fight since January of 2015. So we're going on eight years almost. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series, used to fight at middleweight and heavyweight, 0-2 in Bellator, 0-1 in World Series of Fighting. He was the CFFC champion, 10-8 as a pro kickboxer and a champion in that realm, 1-0 as a pro boxer, two inches taller than Jaco- uh, two inches taller than Roundtree, striking stats in his favor, and he's 1.6 times more active landing strikes in the UFC. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.5 strikes per minute, grappling stats in his favor as well. Whew, a lot of things in this man's resume. Minus 160. Uh, I will be taking Jacoby. He's on fire. You never know what you're going to get from Roundtree, even though he has won two straight fights. It's almost like it's a different person every time he steps in the cage. And Jacoby is not that case. Uh, he, he's a guy who you can really count on. Um, and he's been rolling over people. And I do not think Clay Roundtree is a significant step up in a competition that he's going to struggle with. So give me Jacoby. Yeah, I, I agree with you in this. And here's what I'll say, too, about Roundtree. It's like even at his very best when he's like a violent striker and stuff like that, I, I don't like his chances against Jacoby. Jacoby's no. a guy who d- did some glory kickboxing who, you know, is in his UFC stand has looked very polished on the feet. So, like, and I don't just mean in terms of power. Like his last fight, he got that big knockout. But also, he just is like so technically sound defensively and he's got a great chin. Even when his bell's rung, he he comes right back. So I think Khalil Roundtree is going to have trouble with a more technical striker. And as you mentioned, he, he does have some grappling in the chamber. He could certainly fall back on too. So yeah, I, I like Jacoby in a lot of different ways here, but I just think he's going to be the sharper person on the feet. Yes, sir. Yeah. He is better at um, Roundtree's strength. So, that is a definite, definite plus here. Uh, middleweights, we go to Josh Fremd versus Treshawn Gore. I'll tell you about Gore first. Mr. Vicious, even though he's not been in, uh, vicious in the UFC, he's 3-2 and two as a professional. One knockout, one submission. He's been knocked out once. 0-2 oh, in the UFC. Got knocked out his last fight. He was 2-0 in the Ultimate Fighter. He last won a official fight October of 2020, so we're over two years for him. Uh, used to fight at light heavyweight. Uh, he's 1.7 times more active landing strikes in the UFC than Fremd. However, he's been outstruck by his UFC opponents by th- minus 3.29 strikes per minute. So he's been getting lit up in his uh, UFC fights. Plus 165, the number on him. The big yins, Josh Fremd. If you want to hear about that nickname and where it came from, listen to Dan's Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. How's that for a plug? I love it. I love it. And it's a great story. <laughs> it is a good story. I, I can vouch for that. Uh, Fremd is 9-3, four knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out one time, 0-1 in the UFC, 1-0 in Bellator, four inches taller than Gore, inch of reach. He's been outstruck by 1.13 strikes per minute in the UFC. 
That's only based off of one fight, though. Uh, minus 200, the number one friend. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Yeah, I'm going to take friend. Uh, pick. For, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, the, the biggest one for me on Fremd is, is that, like, you know, a lot of people look back to his debut and are like, ah, you know, he didn't look great against Anthony Hernandez. He didn't look great on Anthony. Yeah, Anthony Hernandez is great. That fight was also on, like, three or four days' notice. Fremd was banged up. Um, and, yeah, Anthony Hernandez, not for anything, on a three-fight winning streak, which includes also wins over Adolfo Vieta and Marc-Andre Berrio. Um, and he anaconda choked Jong Young Park, who we talked about earlier on the show. So, um, yeah, like that, that's not a bad loss for Fremd there. And I would also just say this, you know, like Fremd is going to, you know, he's six, four. He, he's got a, a huge size advantage over just about anybody in this division. But in addition to that, like that lankiness is going to play so well against Trayshawn Gore, Trayshawn Gore, a guy who had a lot of trouble closing the distance against Brian Battle, who's actually, uh, as we see now, is going to fight at welterweight, wasn't particularly large middleweight. Now he's going to be fighting guys who are even bigger and longer and going to give him even more trouble. I think Gore has a lot of physical gifts, but like there's a reason why you don't see a lot of guys, you know, at three and two, or, you know, he was three and oh when he came to the UFC, three and oh, get into the UFC. And it's because they get beat by guys like Brian Battle and Cody Brundage. And I actually think Josh Fremd and Cody Brundage, I, I mean, like, I I think those are kind of birds of a feather there. I, I think those guys both have a lot in common and a lot of things that they could do. And if I'm not mistaken, do they do they train together now? I know Fremd moved out that way, um, but I can't remember which gym he moved to. So, um, but anyway, yeah, like, I, I think both of them can do similar things, and I expect Fremd to hurt him here. Yes, Fremd's my pick. Better fighter, more experienced. And, um he was on Gumby's podcast. So all of it is, is in his favor. So give me friend for, for friend friend. Um, we're going to move on to the big boys, heavyweights, Jared Vandera, another person that was on Dan's podcast uh, versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. Um, we're going to tell you about Vandera first, 12 and nine, seven knockouts, three submissions, been knocked out three times, submitted three times, one in five in the UFC. He's lost four straight fights. He's been finished in his last two. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. Multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Yep. Two inches of reach on Cortez Acosta. Striking stats in his favor. He's 2.2 times more active landing strikes, but we're based, is based off one fight Cortez Acosta had in, in Contender Series. Uh, Vandera's been outstruck by 0.61 strikes per minute in the UFC. Grappling stats in his favor as well, plus 200. Cortez Acosta, Salsa Boy is his nickname, same as me. He's 7-0, <laughs> four knockouts, one submission. He's 1-0 in the Contender Series. He won via knockout. He's the LFA champion, 4-3 as a pro boxer. He's outstruck his, he's outstruck his Contender Series opponent by 7.64 strikes per minute. Minus 200, so on Cortez Acosta. I will be taking Salsa Boy. We fade Jared Vandera around these, around these parts, Dan. We do fade Jared Vandera, but I, I am going to pump the brakes on just how much I like Waldo Cortez Acosta because, first of all, and I think we talked about this when we were talking about it being in contender series. I really think the the level of opponent he fought on contender series is bad. Danilo yeah. Suzart, um, you know, like very short, very stocky boxer yep. without much control or range. And he, you know, Cortez Acosta is a tall guy. He's six foot four. Um, he's a big dude. So like he's going to be the same size as Jared Vandera, but this is be the first time we saw him against a skilled opponent. If you call Jared Vandera that um, a skilled opponent, that's roughly the same size as him. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, yeah, Jared Vandera looked bad against Chase Sherman and Andre Arlovsky and, you know, Romanoff and Olenek and whoever. I will say that, like, some of that was bad game planning on his part. Like, I, I still think he beats Chase Sherman if he decides to grapple. The fact that he didn't decide to grapple is bad. So, like, I do like Waldo Cortez Acosta here, but not enough to, like, pull the trigger on making that a recommended play. Because, you know, while he's, you know, uh, high 100s, low 200s, depending on where you're looking, he just, like, yeah, I just don't have enough faith in him, even against a guy who's lost four in a row. No, um, not at heavyweight. You, you know, if you're not super sold on a guy, you don't want to take a, a minus 200 uh, newcomer to um, at heavyweight. So I agree with that. He's our pick, but he's not our recommended play, uh, which we will get to very, very soon. Let's move on to welterweights. Max Griffin, Mr. Household Name versus Tim Means. There's a callback. Call um, the Dirty Bird, Tim Means, 32, 13, and 1 with one no contest, 19 knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted six times, 14 and 10 with one no contest over two stints in the UFC. He has won three of his last four. However, he did lose his last fight via submission. Used fight at lightweight, used fight at middleweight. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Yes, 2004 was his pro debut. Two and one is a pro boxer, three inches taller than Griffin, striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.38 strikes per minute. Plus 150, Max Payne Griffin is the real nickname. 18 to 9, 9 knockouts, 2 submissions. Been knocked out once. Only time he's been finished in 27 fights. 6 and 7 in the UFC. However, he's won 3 of his last 4. He also lost his last fight. So, exact same as means. He also has multiple regional championships on his. Mantle. It's almost the same resume. He used to fight at middleweight as well. 2009 was his pro debut. Inch of reach on means year younger than him. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.42 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 180. This one me? Uh, yeah, it's me. Yes, yes. yes. I, I'm taking Max Griffin. Uh, I, I like Tim Means quite a bit. I, I think he's just going to be so outmatched in the boxing here. And, and like, you know, you mentioned both of them coming off of a loss, right? And, and that's... You know, you're, you're right. They are both coming off of a loss. Who are they coming off of losses to? That That's really important because Max Griffin, Max Griffin just lost a split decision to Neil Magny, a split decision to Neil Magny, which by the way, no shame in that whatsoever. No. Uh, Tim Means got submitted by Kevin Holland, submitted by Kevin Holland, which is, you know, obviously a huge submitted? alarm. Yeah. Submitted, Sub, <laughs> submitted by submitted. Kevin Holland which is, you know, it's not a good look, right? You know, you don't want to see a guy out here getting submitted by Kevin Holland, who's largely a boxer. And the thing about Max Griffin is is he he's probably got the volume advantage here. He's probably going to hit harder here. And I honestly believe that if he needed to take this to the ground, he'd have the advantage there too. Good, because um, I wrote that he's probably the better grappler too. So I, I think so, because <laughs> here's the thing. Like, you know, we, we don't typically think of him as a grappler, he was smart enough to take Carlos Condit to the mat, right? He he yeah. he might have wound up losing to Alex Morono, which was a weird decision a, a bunch of years ago. But he took Alex Morono down a bunch of times because he didn't want to strike with him, you know. And in he's done that time and time again. When he doesn't want to strike with you, he has ways of getting it to the ground. Is he a perfect grappler? No. Like is he is that the first thing you think of when you think of him? No. But he is a guy who works with Team Alpha Male, and while I hate Team Alpha Male most of the time. Team Alpha Male does have good wrestling, if nothing else. Their game planning is typically not good. He works with Jim West for that part. So you, you don't have to write off his game plan because I know the Discord's going to hate me for picking an Alpha Male guy. But 
you know, I, I'm taking Max Griffin here. I think he hits harder and I think he gets it done. You like Jim West's uh, game plans? <sighs> Jim West's game plans is not his issue, I don't think. Because okay. uh, we, I, I mean, we had issues with Jim West's coaching with Aspen Ladd, but like he was telling her she needs to move forward and she needs to throw strikes and she didn't. Uh, that that's clearly like a, a mental aspect of the game. Also, Jim West is, uh, you know, like while I, I think that whole situation is kind of a weird one and you shouldn't coach your girlfriend and your girlfriend shouldn't be 30 years younger than you. Um, it's not actually 30 years. I let's pump the brakes on that. Not, this, not, is a, not, this is the entertainment podcast. All right. It's a comedy yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 we, say, this, we say things that that's called hyperbole in the, <laughs> the world of English. Um, so, yeah, like he's. I don't think that idea is all that great of one, but he's a good coach. Like Jim West is a good coach. We've seen what he's done with, with Max Griffin and it's worked quite well. He also coaches Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, if I'm not mistaken, who, who you you can say what you want about his skills. And I don't know if you're high on fluffy skills or low on fluffy skills, but the dude goes in with a great game plan. Like look what he did to Rodolfo Vieta. He like survived the grappling exchanges, wore him out and then attacked his own. It was brilliant. So yeah, like I think Jim West is actually a really good game planning coach. Um, and then to add like the wrestling side of things with Alpha Male, I think Max Griffin has shown that like this this like dual camp thing he's doing in Sacramento, I think it's working. Yep, very true. Uh, Griffin is my is my pick as well. So um, yeah, means is God. He, he's got to start slowing down eventually, right? This is forty eight fight forty eight. Yeah, yeah. I, and and like he looked a little slower last time. Yeah. I will say that. Yes, sir. All right, let's jump to our main event of the evening. Arnold Allen versus Calvin Cater uh, would be a featherweight fight. Let's tell you about An- uh, Andre. I want to call him. I always want to call him Andre. Arnold Almighty Allen. 18 and 1, six knockouts, four submissions, never been finished in a fight. 9 and 0 in the UFC as part of an 11 and 0 uh, streak he is on. He won his last fight via TKO. Used to fight at lightweight, used to fight at bantamweight was a regional champion 2012. He's been a pro MMA fighter since he's three and zero as a pro kickboxer, six years younger than Cater strike his stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents with 1.09 strikes per minute grappling in his favor as well. Stat wise plus 110. Calvin, the Boston finisher Cater 23 and six, 11 knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted one time, seven and four in the UFC. He's gone loss, win loss over his last three, all against top opponents and all very tight fights. Used to fight at lightweight. 2007 was his pro debut. Three inches of height, two inches of reach on Allen. He's 1.6 times more active landing strikes. However, he gets himself into slugfest because he's been outstruck by almost two strikes a minute in the UFC. 1.96 strikes in the negative in the strike differential. Minus 130 is the number on Cater. I'm going dog, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going with Arnold Allen. Um, showed some finishing powers last fight. He's way younger than Cater. He's got way less damage. Most people have less damage on him than Cater. He's a very solid grappler and a better striker. So give me the almighty Arnold Allen to make it 12 straight. So I, I will say this. First of all, I, I just want to do a quick stat correction because it's always good to put your stats whenever you have them, especially ones that are that wild, like Calvin Cater's into perspective. The reason his stats look terrible <laughs> are because he fought Max Holloway. And that's the only reason. Because in one fight, one fight in 25 minutes, he ate 445 significant strikes. Which, by the way, like, despite the fact that he slugged it out with Giga Chikadze and uh, Josh Emmett. And to an extent, Dan Ige before that fight. 
he didn't eat 75% of the strikes he did against Max Holloway in those three fights combined, uh, which is just wild to think about. Max Holloway landed not only 100% of what those three guys landed, but 133% of what those guys landed. That's crazy. So um, that being said, I'm, I'm going with you. I'd like Arnold Allen in this fight too um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, I, I think Calvin Cater is at his very best when he can threaten you with the grappling and then hit you with his striking. Um, and we saw when that was not an option against uh, when that was not an option against Josh Emmett. And, and some people think he won that fight, but he was largely less effective in that fight, right? Like I think everybody can agree. He was less effective against Josh Emmett than he was in a lot of his other fights. And it was just because like, you know, let's be straight up. Josh Emmett was not worried about his grappling. Josh Emmett didn't have to worry about a takedown. I don't think Arnold Allen does either. Arnold Allen has great takedown defense. And I think ultimately that's what does it in for him here is that he just, he's not going to be scared of what Calvin Cater does on the mat. Heck, I think he can get some of his own grappling going if he wanted. And sneaky play here. I actually think Arnold Allen's submission is, is a sneaky prop because if you look at Arnold Allen's career, he does a great job countering grappling. He's actually got four submission wins in his career, and two of them have come in the UFC, both of them off of other people shooting takedowns. So if, you know, Calvin Cater does want to try to mix it up and keep him guessing, which, again, I think it's when Calvin Cater's his absolute best, he does have to watch out for that choke because he's caught multiple people with guillotines or with front chokes when that happens. All right, so we're both going in with the almighty. You're you're going against a native son, a a area native. Yeah, I do that enough. So <laughs> it's true. It's it's Dad not has no loyalty whatsoever. <laughs> He's only loyal to the dollar bit dollar dollar bills. All right. Um, let me give you a quick recap of that, and then we'll give you our recommended plays. We both got Andre Allen. I want to. I still want to call him Andre, but no, the Almighty. <clears throat> excuse me, the Almighty Arnold Allen. We both have Griffin. We both have Cortez Acosta. We both have Fremd. We both have Jacoby. We are on the same page. It's a team ride, Dan. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, especially because we had enough differences on the prelims. We should we get did. together for the main card. Yep, very good. We we buried the hatchet. All right, let me tell you about No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic sport, fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning a quarter million or more in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and win 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app store to get a first deposit match up to 25 bucks. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Same as our recommended plays. You will not want to miss out on a recommended place. Um, see if Gumby goes with a bunch of crazy ones or if he's actually going to make recommended plays, actual recommended safe plays. We'll see. I'm feeling a little a feeling nut- gonna, I have a feeling there's going to be some props in here. I'm, I'm feeling a little nutty today. I knew it. All right, go ahead. All right, so I'm going to start with the easy one. I'm going to start with the one that, that Jeff, the Jeff-approved play of the day. Okay, so uh, I agree. The Jeff-approved play of the day is 30 bucks on Josh Frem's money line. You think that's a safe one, do you? 
I think that's the, I think that's a Jeff approved play con- considering what I'm about to drop after that. Oh, you don't you don't think that's a safe play? You don't think yeah, Josh Sims gonna yeah. beat the hell out of Trayshawn Gore? Yeah, yeah, Trayshawn Gore is pretty crappy. All right, I'll I'll um I'll put the money over more in my mouth. It's just not as much. Give me twenty bucks on friend. All right, so it is All a right, good play. Crazy now, team ride. <laughs> All right, go crazy. All right, um, next one. Next one, parlay. We're going to parlay uh, maybe the two people who I feel the most confident in on this whole card. I'm going to take Jong Young Park, uh, who I think is just going to be way too much for Ugly Man Joe, and Max Griffin, who I think is going to be way too much for Tim Means. We put those two together, you're going to get plus 116 on the turnaround, which I, I think is a pretty easy plus money parlay here. Um, and I'm going to take 30 bucks on on Park and Griffin together. All right. There we go. That is nutty. 30 bucks on that. Okay. Um, Give me. Yeah, C-Rod's an easy pick, but it's a big number. But that's what I do. I make easy picks. 50 bucks on Rodriguez over Weems. Uh, Weems stepped in on short notice. That's the easiest one I can see on there. Minus 310 on Rodriguez. All right, I don't hate that. Um, I'm gonna next is gonna be so I already got a, a money line. I already got a parlay. Okay. Might as well whip up the prop. Um, prop for me, and actually I'm gonna end with a few props here. Prop one I really like here, Andre Arlovsky. I was already gonna pick him. Already gonna put him in the recommended plays. I'm gonna take him by decision because let's face Obviously. it. Obviously, he hasn't been knocking anybody out lately. It doesn't spruce up the line too much, but I'm seeing it at plus two seventy five right now. So I'm going to take okay. 15 bucks on Andre Arlovsky plus 275 for the decision. Okay, very good. I will take, let me think what I was going to do. Um, I want to put it all on. Yeah, give me 30 on Justin Jacoby minus 160. All right, I like that. And I'm done. So it's all that, you now. That's a, that's a low play for you, negative 160. It is. It is. I'm so getting I, crazy I, this week. I got two more props that I'm going to close out on here. Uh, One a little bit more normal and one a a little bit crazy. So I mentioned I don't like the Waldo Cortez Acosta play at, you know, it was like negative 200 or in that range. But I do like his KO prop. His KO prop here is is plus 150. So I'm going to dabble a little bit on that. I'll take 15 bucks on him uh, by knockout. I I think that's 150, you said? Yeah, plus 150. Okay. and like Jared Vandera is a guy who takes punches. So he's been knocked know. out three times already. So yeah. yeah. And was Chase Sherman one of them? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. He's been finishing his last two. He got subbed in one of his last fights and knocked out in one of them. So yes. Yeah, that ain't good. And I mentioned this prop a little bit earlier on the show. I'm going to use it again. Uh, Arnold Allen by submission. I-, I think there's a good chance he hits like a front choke or a guillotine choke here. That And, and people are totally sleeping on it. Plus 950 uh, for him by submission. I'll take 10 bucks on that. Let, let's right. say if, if he hits that submission in the main event, uh, that'll that'll put me over even on itself. That'll be a nice payout. All right. So Gumby's got Fremd money line. Park and Griffin money lines parlayed together. Arlovsky decision. WCA, Cortez Costa uh, via knockout. And Allen via sub. I have Fremd money line, Rodriguez money line, Jacoby money line. And now for our hungry man, John Superfan parlay. It's going to hit this week. It's it's a super boring one. Um, it's a super boring one. It'll win. Because uh, it's going to be two parts, but it's going to be both decision props. 
Uh, I already mentioned Andre Orlovsky by decision. I'm going to squeeze it both into my recommended plays and the Hungry Man Jong. I really do believe in it this week. Plus 275 for him by decision. I, I think it's it's a really good start to any 10-to-1 parlay. And I'm going to pair that with Dustin Jacoby by decision. I know he's coming off of that big, brutal knockout last time. But the dude has a lot of decisions, especially since coming back to the UFC. I think that sort of gets overlooked because he's a kickboxer. But, like, with the exception of knocking out Daun Jung, which he did last time, he's got decisions over Ola Shejuk, John Allen, Maxim Grishin. Like, the fight with Ian Kudalaba went to decision. His fight on Contender Series went to decision. You know, he's got three finishes squeezed in there, but he's got a lot of decisions. Khalil Roundtree probably going to be dangerous enough that, like, Dustin Jacoby doesn't, like, sell out on it. You're getting plus 250 on Jacoby by decision. So pair that with the Arlovsky decision, and that's plus 1213. Whoa, we got a big one. Arlovsky decision, Jacoby decision, plus 1213. Fantastic. All right, that's all you need to know for this week's event. Make sure you get into the Sports Gambling Podcast Discord so you can chat about the event with us. If you want to, if you want some picks for this weekend's Bellator, uh, go back a few episodes. We, we uh, not we. Uh, Dan has some Bellator picks for you on that episode as well. Uh, you can read all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I have my article with all my picks up on there, as well as my DraftKings article probably will be up there when you're reading this, or very, very, uh, or when you're hearing this, or very, very shortly it will be up. Um, listen to Gumby's Top Turtle MMA podcast. I already told you. Um, to listen to it this week for a interview so definitely do that um you can read the rest of the mma stuff at moneymma.substack.com and of course twitter sgpn mma is the account gumby runs for us for the show he's at gumby Vreeland. i'm at jeff fox writer i think that's it is that it that's all i got then we're coming back on how about we come back sunday we'll recap all of this event and then we'll we'll look ahead to next week sound good sounds good to me all right, go ahead. I'm going to let you say goodnight to the folks. All right, I'm Danny Gabriel, and he's Salsa Boy, Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Sunday.